2: blackfoot connect to more
1: it's four o'clock welcome to to tutela nuanes montana's only statewide sports talk show broadcast on 102.9 espn radio for western montana and across the state on swx television I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. <sighs> Former Grizz Dante Olson back on an NFL practice squad. MLB Baseball rolling on. LeBron James one win away from another finals championship and... Bryn Malloy, the Associate Athletic Director, Marketing and community, Cache, uh, community community Relations at the University of Montana, joins us at the top of the hour for a couple of different items that we have with her. How are you? Happy to be with you. It is 2TEL and Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio and SWX Montana Television across the state of Montana. Outstanding to be with you. Hope you are well. Thanks for spending some time with us on your radios and on your TVs and, as the case may be, on your internets. If you want to go to... Uh, our website, 1029espn.com. You can listen live all the time. The stream is there whenever you would like to have it. Thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank of Montana, Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to pick up your phone and call us, you can do that as well. 361-3688, 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. You can also feel free to text that phone number too. Uh you just go ahead and get in here anytime you would like to, 361-3688. We're happy to have you. Uh, let's take a look at what we have in the show today. First of all, Dante Olsen back in Philadelphia, back on the Eagles practice squad. So happy for him. We'll talk about kind of how that happened and what we can expect out of that. And news that broke yesterday, uh, which we talked about a little bit, but want to sort of you know uh, shade in here a little bit, and that is that Trey Lance is uh, going to declare or has declared uh, for the NFL draft quarterback out of North Dakota State, and uh, a guy who's just a redshirt sophomore. I mean, he's got, honest three years, right, of eligibility left at the college level as there's no fall season right now, uh, but electing to go to the NFL uh, uh, for, uh, you know, is a number for a first-round projected Uh, draft pick he's expected to uh, to be so why not go uh, you know if you're Trey Lance so we will get into that a little bit we also will have a a little bit of trivia for you today Uh, we're going to get you over to the Desperado Sports Tavern for a couple of uh, chicken wings how about that we could get ourselves some wings and some sports going on it's all still happening I love this time of year right now every year especially right now so we go over to the Desperado get some wings going and do some trivia with Coulter LeBron James and the L.A. Lakers they had a huge win last night They got themselves to a uh, 3-1 series lead, and they are one win away, obviously. Now two days off, which is good for the Heat. They need it. Wait till Friday for uh, Game 5 of that series, but down 3-1. It looks like it's all over, but the shouting, even if they were to win on Friday, can't imagine a scenario in which the Heat win three straight against the Lakers. I guess crazier things have happened, but seems pretty unlikely. And then again, top of the hour, very happy about this. Bryn Malloy going to join us. She is the Associate Athletic Director of Marketing and Community Relations at the University of Montana. She's also the head of the Youth Missoula Figure Skating Club. So we got our Pepsi Youth segment. She's going to join us for that to talk about the figure skating element of this because that is this is the time of year to go and get the kids out on skates and uh, you know we talk about hockey a little bit especially with the Glacier Ice Rick tons of recreational hockey obviously the Maulers and all that but uh, how about some figure skating going on so she's into all that and then also she will be then the subject of our ESPN roundtable this week the university forming a diversity and inclusion committee she is the chair of that committee that includes athletic director Kent Haslam a number of coaches a number of athletes and exactly what that is what the goals of it are uh, we will find out from her and talk to her more about just her position and her role as uh, an administrator at the University of Montana so there you go that is our show today hi Coulter. glad you made it nice to see you what's up Gus Will you tell me Dante Olsen is a Philadelphia Eagle again uh, this is he. He had his rights retained by a CFL team, but it, the CFL isn't even going. I d- I doubt that he even went to Canada. Right? None of these guys are going. I don't this think is all, he even can. Yeah, right? just trafficking in in you know rights and what teams are there and all that kind of thing. But was able to get back on uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles on the on the practice squad, which is a big deal, man. Because if you can keep your foot in the door right now, the chances. Let's. I'll just put it like this: the amount of trafficking that's going to happen between the practice squads and the active roster, I think, is going to be tenfold what it will be in a normal, in a, in a different type of year. I mean, the n- number of guys who are going to get called up who are going to be needed to uh, play football is big, but you obviously got to be on the squad in the first place in order to have it. So, what do we know about this is that that uh, you know he was released and they they liked him, but it, you know was a numbers game, and now he's back with
0: Philadelphia. Well, Philadelphia's had a lot of injuries both sides of the football, but particularly at the linebacker spots. I, I would say on Philadelphia's roster, their weakest of the three different levels of their defenses, their linebackers, in terms of brand-name players. We were actually talking over lunch about the regression of the Eagles. We talked about it on the Make It Rainy podcast as well with Sean Rainey earlier today. But the fact of the matter is a lot of guys on the Eagles right now, Fletcher Cox, who was a perennial all-pro, Brandon Graham, who at a moment in time was one of the best edge guys in the league. They're just not quite as good as they were, but it's still Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. The guys can still play a little bit. And then in the secondary, you have Darius Slay, who's a, a good player in Detroit on a bad defense, but then play for the Eagles. I know he's hurt now, but they have notable names in both the front and the back of their defense. They have pretty anonymous names. Alex in, Singleton in the middle of their defense. And you saw Alex <laughs> Singleton getting some reps, and that All is right. a big name around here. But anonymous
1: um, at an NFL level.
0: No question. Yeah. But they they need some more depth at the linebacker spot. So Dante Olsen getting a chance to get back in. We know Dante Olsen a little bit. I know Alex Singleton really well. I don't really know what the what the, the quote-unquote personality meshings would be between those two guys. The reason I'm addressing that element, though, is that I think that I, I would love for Dante Olsen's benefit for him to have a relationship with Alex Singleton because I think that Alex Singleton is a great example of if Dante Olson just continues to pursue this dream, how it can work out for you if you just keep your nose down and grind. Alex Singleton coming out of Montana State was an undrafted free agent just like Dante Olson. He signed with the Seattle Seahawks, was on the practice squad for a little while, went to the Minnesota Vikings practice squad, active boxer, back to the practice squad. And then he ended up taking this flyer and going to Canada. He found out he had Canadian citizenship. But then he went up and ripped it up for Dave Dickinson, ironically, former Grizz, for the Calgary Stampeders. And that's then helped him earn a shot back with the NFL. And now he's on an active roster. And then we saw Monday Night Football, he has a pick six and scores a touchdown. Oftentimes, it's not because you're good enough. It's not because you're not good enough to play right now. It's because whatever chance you're getting or whatever chance you're pursuing, maybe it's not, there's not an open door right at that moment with that franchise, whoever's looking at you the hardest. But if you stick with it, a lot of times they'll remember you. It's just like on hard knocks when the coach is cutting a guy and he says, son, it's not because of you. It's because we're bringing in a third quarterback and we have six linebackers. So we just need to get rid of a linebacker. You're good enough to make this team. You're good enough to make a team stay in shape. I think a lot of guys get disheartened and disappointed in that moment and they decide to just hang it up. A lot of times, though, the guys that stick with it are the dudes who come around. and There is a lot of stories in the NFL where guys, they don't play any football at all for a year or a year and a half. And then they get that practice squad call. And then they get into camp the next year. And then they make the team the next year. And then all of a sudden now, their opportunity as a pro begins. And once you have a little traction, then all of a sudden, uh, you can make waves in the league. You can earn yourself a name in the league. We will obviously pay attention to uh,
1: what happens with Dante and the Eagles in general, and if he, you know, how long he lasts on the practice squad, and if there's an opportunity for him to get called up onto the active roster, of course. But uh, certainly a good, a good news deal because you know, if you're on a practice squad, you know what you are—a professional football player. That's what you are. You know, you're getting paid to be out there and do it. So good for him.
0: That's the hardest part too, because a lot of times, guys. When they are done playing college football and you decide you're going to pursue this pro dream, that we saw guys like Cy Sermon, for example,
1: mm-hmm.
0: who was at the University of Montana. He got himself a job. down Our good buddies at Stockman's Bar hired Cy. And then he was just training in the U.M. weight room. And that's one way to do it. But the guys that have real chances of pursuing the draft, he's got a combine invite or you know you're going to be a show at your pro day. A lot of times guys go and they move somewhere and they train intensively for like 12 weeks mm-hmm. to get their bodies right. A lot of times, an agent is the one that's paying for that, and that's not illegal now because this guy's no longer a student athlete. So sure. the agent's basically saying, "Hey, you know, I'll pay fifteen, twenty grand for your training for the next twelve weeks because I have faith that I'm going to be able to get you a five hundred thousand dollar contract, and we'll just make it up on the other side, right? I got faith they're going to get drafted. and You're going to be a millionaire, and I'm going to be your agent." We we see that a lot, but then when that whole process ends, oftentimes you still have an agent, but he's not paying for you to train anymore. So so oftentimes guys just gravitate away from chasing their pro football dreams because of the reality of the world. Mm-hmm. Like you just don't have the time to work out three four five hours a day what, or what it takes to earn that NFL shot if you're not getting paid to play football. That's why it's so great that Dante Olson's now in here because now right. NFL practice is getting better. NFL practice squad right now I think is ninety six thousand dollars, so he's getting close to a six thousand dollar check every week that he gets a re of. Yeah, and so. Even if you go in flux, you buy yourself some more time. You yeah. know, 6000 bucks. Okay, now I can, I can pursue this for the rest of the fall, basically. Yeah. And it really, really, really helps guys like that.
1: Uh, let's
0: shift gears a little bit.
1: 2-Tel Nuanas, one oh two nine ESPN Radio. Uh, nose, news that broke. Uh, nose, the nose did not break, thankfully. Nobody punched it yet. Uh, news that broke yesterday on the show is that Trey Lance declared for the NFL. I said on Monday... I didn't think he would declare for the NFL not because he's not ready to go not because he's not a great prospect but because there's two uh five star grade a number one quarterbacks uh the types of which it's not like just simply the best quarterback in the draft but in the form of Trevor Lawrence this is a guy who's you know a once every five year maybe a once every 10 year type of prospect and talent at the position uh and There's a couple of guys ahead of him in the pecking order when it comes to quarterbacks where the following year, which would be his redshirt junior year, um, there would be him and who knows i mean there's always somebody who shows up there's always somebody that develops so i thought that he would wait but he did not wait they played their game on saturday and then bang on tuesday trey lance declares he's going to the nfl draft colter what do you think about the choice that he's making to go ahead and do that strike while well, the iron's hot you think he can be a first round draft pick so just go do that thing
0: well first of all the reason i was looking at my phone a little bit of breaking news here tease for tomorrow first of all Uh, Tomorrow, we're going to share an interview we did earlier today with Tyrell Thomas and Lavelle Price Jr., Mm -hmm. a pair of cornerbacks from Montana State, uh, and we'll get more into what they're doing. But I just got word from Montana State, they're having a scrimmage on Saturday, which had been floated around for a while. Because of the spiked COVID-19 numbers in the state of Montana, health departments, particularly in Missoula and Bozeman, but around the state, are really starting to crack down on regulating events with a lot of people. It was initially thought that about 1, 000, 850 to 1,000 people might be able to go to this scrimmage, including media. Now they're saying no. The only people that can come are going to be people that have been exposed to the players so far. Montana State, they've been able to maintain operation a little bit more than Montana. Montana had a little bit of an outbreak in the athletic department. A lot of football team was quarantined, they weren't able to practice. Montana State has continued to do practice. They have check-ins in the mornings where everybody gets tested. everybody It's kind of like a mini little bubble for the football program. Only people that are a part of that bubble are going to be able to attend in person. But the breaking news here is that they're going to live stream the scrimmage. Mm. So now I basically kind of have a trial run of what maybe a pay per view model might look mm-hmm. like. What maybe you know watching some sort of team activity that's that people would normally attend likely in droves. What that's going to look like. So that would be an interesting fold. Back to Trey Lance. I think one thing that is hard to grasp for people that really observe and watch football is the difference between production and potential. So often, I should say so often, but more often than you think, football players in general, but a lot of times quarterbacks that were not particularly productive or outstanding in college are just these surefire got scouts licking their chops, and we see it al- across the board at different levels of football. For every Patrick Mahomes that's thrown for 700 yards for Texas Tech, there's a Mitch Trubisky who no one outside of the ACC even knows who he is. But then all of a sudden, Mitch Trubisky gets drafted over Patrick Mahomes. That's egregious error in scouting now that we have retrospectively to look at it. Deshaun Watson behind Mitch Trubisky is even more outrageous because I don't think anybody knew what Patrick Mahomes was going to become. It was very clear what Deshaun Watson was. He mm-hmm. was the best quarterback in college football on a national championship team that beat Alabama. Pretty crazy that he didn't get drafted ahead of Trubisky. But what I'm getting at is like a guy like Josh Allen, you look at Josh Allen and you think, wow, this guy's an amazing athlete. He's got a phenomenal arm. He didn't particularly kill it at Wyoming. Yeah, he was he was good, but he was good. Wyoming was okay. They're okay. Yeah, but he's not like throwing like four touchdowns. That's he's right. not throwing for, like thirty five hundred yards. Yeah. He's just you know throwing for a couple hundred yards a game, and just his statistics. His, the, measuring him by statistics and production belied the fact of what his upside was, particularly in the NFL, particularly when it became As his a giant six
1: running, athletic, fearless type of quarterback.
0: Last year, Trey Lance. Has I would argue the greatest freshman season by a quarterback in the history of college football. Mm-hmm. He had totals forty-one total touchdowns, no turnovers. He leads North Dakota State to a sixteen and zero record, undefeated national champs. He wins the Peyton Award. I yeah. mean, you clearly can't do better than what he did.
1: It would be hard.
0: He he, he basically a forty-second touchdown. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is right. that what you want? I mean, I guess. <laughs> I mean, threw for three thousand, rushed for a thousand, had twenty-five plus touchdown throws, ten plus rushing touchdowns. Wins the Peyton in a runaway. Doesn't lose a game. I mean...
1: No turnovers in a national championship. It's
0: it's as good as it gets. And then you factor in he's a freshman. Okay. So the production doesn't lie in that element. But everybody was thinking, okay, but it's still against the FCS. He plays for a team that has superior talent basically across the board. Yeah. But then he starts getting all this hype. NDSU is quarterback you. They went from Brock Jensen to Ethan Stick to... Or Brock Jensen to Carson Wentz to Ethan Stick. Easton Stick, yeah. Easton Stick. Three straight guys that got drafted in the NFL draft So then this new guy who, by all measures, is even more athletic. Maybe not as good of an arm as Wentz, but it's close. He's he's six foot three, he's 230 pounds. He looks like a pro quarterback. What is he, though? Then Trey Lance endures this entire offseason of hype. I thought it was fascinating watching and monitoring Twitter on Saturday. There was a ton of people that are major college football writers, major college football analysts, that were watching North Dakota State's game on Saturday and opining on Twitter that it was very clear had never seen Trey Lance before. Varying level of opinions of what they saw, because I thought Trey Lance, by his own standards, did not play that well. He rushed for a bunch of yards, but he was not that sharp in the passing game. He did not look like a dominant passer. He looked like a dominant athlete, but he turned the ball over. And you could tell he was playing with some nerves. He wasn't smooth in the first half. But at the end of the day, he leads North Dakota State to a win. He has, almost, he has over 300 yards of total offense. He throws a pair of touchdowns. He rushes for a pair of touchdowns. So even despite struggling, still had pretty darn good production. But what I'm getting at here is that the statistical accomplishments and production that Trey Lance has put forth at North Dakota State are almost completely and utterly irrelevant scouts watching him in person and then projecting their evaluations are the only things that are going to get him drafted in the NFL. That's exactly right. And that's why our, our good buddy Andrew Schmidt, friends of the show, former Grizz running back, sports agent, and then lawyer down in Denver. He was texting me. He was like, man, I never heard of this Trey Lance kid. And I tuned in. I'm not all that impressed. And I said, but Andrew, here's the thing. There's just not six four, two 230 pound guys who can throw the ball like this The reason he has top 15 grading is because it's all about what he could be. Mm -hmm. And so you were thinking that he was going to come back, right?
1: Yes. Not only on account of if you want to be, he's not going to be the number one overall pick. He's not going to probably be a top five pick. He's not. Whereas if he stayed another year, did something like what he did last year again, right? He would he would very likely be the number one quarterback yes. in the draft class, which would very likely put him in a top five overall situation. So that was my For thinking. Sure. Not not anything other than that. Uh, you know, in in terms of like, well, he's not ready or something like that.
0: Sure, sure. I think that there's two sides of thinking. So let me know where you fall on this. Yeah. The hype machine that exists in the sporting world in America, it cranks and cranks and cranks and cranks until it plateaus, and then we start to figure out ways to criticize you. Mm -hmm. If Matt Leinert doesn't come back for his senior year, Matt Leinert's the number one overall pick, not the number 12 pick out of USC. If Matt Barkley doesn't come back for his, I believe it was his fourth year, junior year at USC, he's absolutely a top 10 pick. He was still a first-round pick, but he was not a top 10 pick. Justin Herbert probably would have been the number one overall pick if he would have put himself in a different draft class, but he stayed, and it was still okay. He's the number six pick, and he was drafted behind great players like Joe Burrow and Tua vailoa But the way that the automatic money now for guaranteed contracts for draft picks work, being the number six pick, you're still talking about millions of dollars, but you're costing yourself money to do it. So I guess what I'm saying is, on one hand, what you're saying is correct, Trey Lance could have improved his draft stock. On the other hand, though, he could have not.
1: Well, here's the thing. Because oh, how
0: do you outdo 41 and 0? Well, you, you don't, but what
1: you do do is you eliminate two guys who absolutely are going to be drafted ahead of you in Justin Fields and in and, and Trevor Lawrence. And, and th- you're talking about guys who were already going to be the number one pick right. and weighted. That's... That, Look, I'm not going to say that's dumb. Everybody has their choice on what to do. Right. But if you're the number 1 overall pick or if you're in the top 5, you go. Matt Lineder should have gone. Matt Lineder should have gone. He Barkley should have gone. Should've gone. Should've gone. Right. Like a lot of these guys should have gone. Trey Lance could he potentially have hurt himself by staying another year? I guess. You know, obviously well, there's always the injury and that kind of thing. It, but th- in terms of the, how it's setting up, he would only improve his his, his situation in terms of where he gets drafted.
0: So, so answer me this, though. If Trey Lance plays in a Power 5 conference, I agree with everything you just said. The fact that he was going to draw... Uh, in our world, in our Big Sky Conference and FCS football world, North Dakota State is as big of a giant as you can be. I said on the show the other day... I have covered and watched more North Dakota State games than any teams in the Big Sky Conference besides the two schools in Montana and maybe Eastern Washington.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You, I mean, in the press box, you have the Big Sky scoreboard up at North Dakota State in the corner. You're always monitoring the Bison. You always want to know what's going on with them. They're the barometer. They're the measuring stick. But on the larger college football scale, it's still almost completely irrelevant. What I'm getting at, though, is anything less than perfection in terms of his performance would have, I think, hurt him a little bit because the pundits would just have said, well, if he's going to be a top 10 pick, why isn't he just the most dominant player in the country? See, two things. First of all,
1: I don't know that there's a reason to think he wouldn't have been the most dominant player in the country anyways. Well, again. Sure. And second of all, from what you just said at the beginning, which I wholeheartedly agree with, I don't think that's necessarily true. Like the pundits can say what they say. And if he went out there and was bad, like flat sure. on off, but but that's not going to happen, I don't right, think. Right, right, right. So all that matters is the scouts who show up and go sure. 6'4", 230, runs like that, throws like that. Yep. That's what the new age of NFL is. Yep. This is the guy. And if, if North Dakota State loses a game... I mean, you even asked me after the game on Saturday, do you think that this hurts his draft stock because he didn't have the cleanest, best performance? Right. No. Right. Like, it just, it, it, they they go, okay, you know, it was what it was. You're not sure. playing Central Arkansas. You're playing the Bears. You're playing the Steelers. We got to figure this out.
0: I know, there's two sides to every coin, too, right? Because the fact that he's playing at a lower level, on one hand, you could say, well, this guy better dominate. If he doesn't, it's because he's not what he's hyped up to be. It's actually the opposite, because he's so superior to the level that he's playing at, it's actually more difficult to operate in, to a certain extent because they can throw the kitchen sink at you. Right. That's where everybody's at with NDSU. They've lost eight times in nine years. You don't even run the defense that you normally run. You try to build something completely new and unorthodox to try to confuse them or get them out of rhythm, which is exactly what Central Arkansas did. And so I, I agree with that. The injury part, though, that's the part that's tough because – because you are the preeminent talent, everybody's loading up on you. They run a lot of zone read stuff in their offense. He he had like 150-plus carries this last year. Yeah, He's been on this show. He's a great kid. Yep. For him to go to the coaching staff and say, hey, we can't do the quarterback run stuff anymore because I need to make a business decision for me, that's not what NDSU is about. I don't think that's what Trey Lance is about either. So I think that moving on from the program – It'll, it, it helps North Dakota State move beyond some of the distractions of having this ultra-hyped guy. Because not even Carson Wentz was hyped like this this early. No, no. And it also eliminates, you know, where do, where do we lie in terms of we're doing what's best for our team and doing what's best for this kid? That's a tough position to be in anywhere in college football, but particularly at an FCS school. And
1: the other thing, too, is, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, well, maybe, you know, you're the 20th or 25th overall pick the third quarterback taken in the last draft was the 6th overall pick. Right. If if he goes in the top 10, I mean it's just a no-brainer and we th- this NFL season is young enough. We don't know how the the cards are going to stack at at the end, but um you know, there's there's very good reason to think that a team is going to want Trey Lance in the top half of the first round. You know, if he's if he's well, cuz he is going to be there. He's going to be
0: available. So, you know, Justin Fields is an amazing player. I, I think we would both agree that that Trevor Lawrence is absolutely the number one pick. If barring y- some sort of yes catastrophe, the, 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 the yes Trevor Lawrence is the number one pick, right? Yes. Justin, I'm not going to ask you who's better, Justin Fields or Trey Lance, good, because Justin Fields had an unbelievable year against way higher competition. He's also <laughs> surrounded by like an NFL team. At Ohio State, so is Trey Lance. (laughs) It's it's true. (laughs) I know. Like in fact, Trey Lance probably has as good of an offensive line as Justin (laughs) Fields. No, it's it's definitely true. What I'm getting at though is a lot of times teams fall in love with fit and personality as well, and so I'm not going to sit here and project that Trey Lance is going to get drafted ahead of Justin Fields but it's it's not out of the question. It's not out of the
1: question. Um general managers are oftentimes gutless. And then when they do the thing that is that. gutsy, if it and the reason is and it is not even necessarily wrong, but if it doesn't work out, you know, you are or you are getting destroyed. Chicago, I don't even know his GM. He's not going to be a general manager again. You know, because he picked Mitchell Trubisky over, over you know, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, we'll see how it goes with Daniel Jones. Everybody's scratching their heads, screaming, why did the Giants take Daniel Jones? I think Daniel Jones looks pretty good. I think he has a chance to be good. But you know what? It was a risk. Yeah. But you don't see that very often. That yeah. said, well, and teams, so it's also when they decide this is the guy, will say, okay, I don't care. This is who I want. And, and maybe... A team
0: does that with Trey Lance. Well, it's absolutely a great point when it comes to the quarterback position specifically, too, because mm-hmm. if you go ahead and take the best left tackle in the draft instead of the best D-tackle in the draft, you're not going to get piled on by the media, right. whereas we know we have all the NFL drafts in our heads memorized in terms of what quarterback went ahead of what quarterback. That's what <laughs> happens, right? <laughs> yeah. Like when you do pick Mitch Trubisky over Patrick Mahomes, yeah. and then Patrick Mahomes is signed a $50 million a year contracts, your job resume is getting... F- put on the internet to, for the whole world to see. It's 2 one Nuonis, 1029
1: ESPN Radio. Good conversation. Quick break on the other side. I will ask Coulter questions of sports trivia. You will get wings for it. Does that sound like a good deal? I think so. Next.
2: Blackfoot, connect to more.
1: Quick update as they play in the top of the eighth inning, the uh, Oakland A's have gone ahead eight to seven over the Houston Astros. The A's trying to keep their season alive down two games to none. Chad Pinder. Hit a three-run home run for the Athletics. They were down 7-4. to four. Hit a three-run bomb in the seventh inning to tie it up. And then the A's now up by one, uh, trying to hold on and hand the Astros their first loss of the postseason and stay alive for a game four. So we will uh, continue to track that as we are happy to be the exclusive home of your MLB postseason here on ESPN Radio. It is time
0: for you know, a... You didn't even tell anybody about my haircut. Coulter got a haircut. It's time for of Wednesday. (laughs) We got to tell the people there to go to Compass Barbershop when they need their haircuts. They love me telling people about my nice haircut. You you, You go go online. You can book your appointment. It's really easy. It's COVID safe, COVID friendly. And they do the best job down there. Zach, Shannon, love you guys. Thanks for the sweet haircut.
1: Let me tell you something. Nobody's more appreciative of Compass Barbershop than me. Cause I got to sit here and stare at this for two hours or more each and every day. And it is so much easier to do today than it was yesterday. My thanks to them for that. Uh, Colter, it is time for a, uh, wing It Wednesday. Uh, we will give away some wings to the Desperado sports tavern to you in just a moment. You don't have to do anything except for call 361-3688. So we'll give those away to you here in just a second, but I got trivia questions and Coulter thinks he's got answers. We'll find out if in fact he does have answers, Uh, I am uh, I'm going all over the place. I got some NFL. I got some uh, college football and I got some MLB little bit of stuff here for you. Okay, so here we go uh, (laughs) on a wing it Wednesday. Thanks to the Desperado Sports Tavern, the home of the best wings in the entire city of Missoula. That is objective, people. That's you voting on this. Okay, that's the result you delivered. And uh, culture and I can speak firsthand when we say it was the correct result
0: shout out and king of wings king of wings love you buddy
1: <laughs> it's it, it it's got to be awful to be to to own and run the desperado when you can't have an honest relationship because you know people like you for you but do you really or do you just like me for the wings that i give you every day you know <laughs> Uh, how I <laughs> it's understand. Funny, well, it's
0: funny because we always tease BC, you know, man, do you eat these wings every single day? How are you still so fit? And then you hang out there shit. and you're like, "Whoa, you don't, you haven't sat down for more than five minutes and in oh, your life.
1: Oh man. He's on the move. Uh, all right, Colter, here we go. Question number one for you. Okay. The Washington football team. Okay. Is playing the Los Angeles Rams Sunday. Yep. They are benching Dwayne Haskins, who they was are. the 15th overall pick, I believe. He was at a OHIO the, State University. The uh, draft two years ago. Who is starting in his place for the Washington football uh, Kyle team? Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen he is former starting. Former starter
0: for the Carolina Panthers, correct?
1: Uh, he is in his second season. He did play for Carolina. What college did Kyle Allen go to? Texas A&M. You are you are sniffing around it, my friend. Mm. but no. no, not Texas a and M, but but you are you are in who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of Kyler: you're Allen. thinking yes, yeah, yeah, no, no, uh, not Al. I know exactly who you're thinking of because I was thinking of this same kid too, but that's not who it is. Actually, I think it is who it is. He also went. he didn't graduate there though.
0: TCU, Houston. Who was the son of the former Texas Rangers pitcher that went to Texas A&M? Nolan Ryan Jr. Does Noel, is there a Nolan
2: Ryan
1: Jr. I don't know. I don't know. It would be you, terrible you, to be me. Nolan
0: Ryan Jr. because there's no chance you're throwing smoke like your dad.
1: I mean, no chance.
0: Is Nolan Ryan the most impressive old athlete of all time?
1: I... I, I, I. I don't know. There's a couple. When Nolan Ryan
0: threw a no hitter. He was like 45 years old. You're like, wow. <laughs> Natural talent is absolutely a thing.
1: There's a couple hockey players who've yeah, managed yeah, to get yeah, into their there like is. 40s or even even like mid 40s. Right, but Nolan, and Nolan
0: Ryan was straight. Like it wasn't like he had to adjust. his no, pitching style or stuff. Fired. He's just straight throwing gas, man.
1: Uh, you want to know one other thing though? I just wanted to mention about this quarterback situation. You know who else is on uh, an active roster quarterback? Alex Smith, I do that. You know, I mean, did so. Have you watch the so, thirty for thirty? No, 30? no, man, I can't. I dude, I can't do it. I, I can't do it.
0: What a stud! What a is. stud!
1: What a complete stud! I mean, I, I don't. I don't even want to watch, man. No. It's
0: horrific.
1: No, I know. I know. <laughs> it's. I, it's I, I'm so aware bad. of that. Okay. Uh, on we go to college football. I don't think you're gonna get this. I don't think you're gonna. I think you will get it eventually, but I don't think you're gonna get it right away. Okay, you ready, Coulter? I'm ready. There's four teams in the ACC that are two and oh. Oh, 2 gosh. and o. Oh, okay, name three of them.
0: Well, it's not North Carolina State because they've been taking their lumps. It's not North Carolina State. Keep Towns on North Carolina State because Dave Doran, the head coach, used to coach in Montana. Um, no, I mean they're- Virginia Tech. Vir- the Hokies are the number nineteen
1: team in the nation, and they are an undefeated two yeah, zero yeah. right now. I know, yep.
0: I know that because our lovely office manager—that's very Blacksburg. good, yep. Virginia. Yep. she's always shout out to me Liz. Yeah, she's actually on her way back to Blacksburg right That's now. That's right. Safe travels, Lizzie. I'm trying to even think of who's in the ACC. Well, you know, it's there's like, there's one that is no, Notre Dame. Notre Dame.
1: Okay, so this is the caveat, Notre Dame. Is undefeated. They're the number five team in the nation. But they're only 1-0 and because they had a canceled had, game. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: There is one glaringly obvious answer here, Coulter. An ACC team that's oh, Clemson. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Clemson's the Clemson Tigers 2-0. Two and two and it's
0: not Notre Dame. So then North Carolina.
1: North Carolina is a third. Congratulations. Yeah. The fourth, the U. Miami Hurricanes yep, are 2 and 0. How about this, North Carolina. This is so bizarre. Like everything's so weird right now, man. You know what I mean? You don't even know about. This. But North Carolina right now is the number 8 team in the nation. Miami is number 7. Miami plays Clemson Saturday night on ABC Television Game of the Week. Uh Clemson and Miami at an ACC Showdown between two top 17s, obviously Clemson the number 1 team in the nation. Uh so there you go. Very good. Okay. Now we ratchet up the difficulty level a little bit. Before we do that, though, let's get the people some wings. 361-3688, you want wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern? Of course you do. You call us right now. The Desperado over on South Russell across from the YMCA, the best wings in the city of Missoula. You call in right now. Name and information, you just give it to Reese there in the back. That's all you got to do. The wings, well, the card for the wings are going to come to you in the mail. You'll go down there and get it. 361-3688, 361-3688. Call us right now for a basket of wings on us to the Desperado Sports Tower. Appreciate that. All right, Colter, Big 12. Three teams are 2-0 and in the Big 12. One of them's not Oklahoma. ha, <laughs> ha. In fact,
0: Oklahoma is not only not 2 and 0, they are in fact 0 and 2. They are in fact 0 and 2, I believe for the first time since the 60s. <laughs> and they've lost two straight games period for the first time since the 90s. What three teams are 2 and 0 in the Big
1: 12, not the Oklahoma Sooners. In fact, two teams who have beaten Oklahoma this year.
0: One of them's not Texas cuz Texas
1: Texas also goes
0: down they in lost. week 2. Yes, yeah, they did right. lose. I watched fact. that one yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Kansas State, Kansas State with your boy Chris Kleiman. two and zero just got paid. What do you get? Four point two million a year, per per. That's pretty good per year. He, he signed, a, I think it was a three year, fourteen point five million dollar extension.
1: Good for him because he when he first came, that was like three years, and it was like four point two for the three years. For the
0: years. Four, three years, exactly. I guess they like him. Well, they won eight games in Manhattan, Kansas, with a guy not named Bill Snyder as the coach for the first time in like 150 years. Well,
1: yeah, that's because Bill Snyder's been the head coach for 150 years. <laughs> uh, they did beat, and they beat Oklahoma, even though they lost in the first week. Okay, oh no, they did not lose. They're two and zero. Okay,
0: uh, so I got, I got uh, Kansas, Kansas, Kansas State. State,
1: and they're the they're they're unranked. In fact, they're the only unranked team on on this list. Two other teams in the top 25.
0: It's not well Nebraska's not even in the Big Twelve anymore.
1: Um, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is 10th in the nation, 2-0. Mike Gundy's team, you're missing one. The big upset, the big win, the first win at home over Oklahoma since like 1962 this past Saturday. Watched it, enjoyed every second of it. Was it Iowa State? It was the Cyclones of Iowa State. Very good, Colter. I'm proud of you for getting that
0: good work. I just, bike. Went, I just went all the way down. On yeah, you go down the list. Bike. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's great. Well, I was sitting. It's here. funny because I know I definitely. It's so funny because the the process of elimination I just used there was not actually to eliminate those teams is that i actually all the teams that i named i was like when it's not notre dame it's not this it's not texas it's not oklahoma Mm -hmm. it's because those are the teams i watched lose
1: yeah right so it's the other teams that won. uh it just i thought it was interesting though to sit here and go whoa okay miami seven carolinas eight virginia techs 19th iowa states 24 oklahoma states 10th in the country and to think that well the secs played like one game Duke has played four games. They're 0 4, by the way, the Duke Blue Devil. Now, I mean, I realize historically that's not a surprise, but they've been better, Duke, at football. They're 0 4 right now. But, you know, the Pac 12, Big 10, they haven't played a game, and it's just, I don't know. It's such, such a weird time to try and think about. I mean, these rankings, I don't know if they mean anything. Okay, last trivia question for you, okay? Name four teams that are still playing baseball.
0: Can you name half well, of the Four teams that are still playing baseball in the yes, playoffs?
1: still in the postseason, still alive.
0: Uh, the Padres and the Dodgers. Listen to that game on the radio last night. Good. Um, the Astros. Yep. And the Marlins. Very good. So the, they're playing each other, right? No. Nope. Oh, they're not playing each other. The, the Braves are still in it. The Braves are in it. That, they're playing the Marlins. I listened to that Marlins. game, too. I had, a, I had a breakthrough about baseball. What? You oh, know, you oh wanna, do tell. Do you want to know what my breakthrough was? I love baseball on the
1: radio. I I completely agree with you. It is it. so good on the radio.
0: I I was going to a sales call the other day, and there was the the first game was the Braves game, and it was mm-hmm. just tipped off. And I was early for the first time in my life, and so I sat in my car and listened to the Braves game for an extra like ten or twelve minutes. Do you want to know what it is about it? I don't know nostalgia. Well, first of all. It, did, it just fits the medium so much better. It does. Second of all, though, like Tim Kirchin on, on TV, he's kind of annoying because, just because he's always rushing through his points because he doesn't have the time to have the brevity for what his encyclopedia is. During a baseball game, he comes, like, you sit there and listen to him. And it's like, dude,
1: are you a computer? I it, I listened to, I don't know if it was that same game, but I've, I've been listening to Tim Kirchin do color. And have just been enthralled with every syllable. I mean, it is it is so unbelievable to hear the stories and the comparisons. And when he says, Yeah, he was good, but in 1964, X, Y, and Z, and you go, Well, yes, Tim Kirchner, the greatest there is. And he, I mean, he's just the delivery, the whole thing. He's he's the best.
0: The best. He's the best. And I think that the thing that about watching baseball to me on television is that you, you got to have the, the thing about baseball in general is that they're not emphasizing what the great storylines are. I love sports for the story more than anything. You know, the story of Jimmy Butler, this mm-hmm. kid who got kicked out of his house when he's 13 years old and was largely you know homeless as a high school kid, went to a junior college and scrapped his way to make it to the NBA. Like, you know, the story of Tyler hero, this Unbelievably confident kid who's 20 years old playing in the NBA. They don't do a good enough job from a national perspective telling the stories of the baseball mm-hmm. guys. But then you sit there and listen to Tim Kirkshank tell the story about the Acuna kid from the Braves, like right. how he made it and what, it, you know, the scout that first saw him and heard the sound of the ball off his bat. And now I'm hooked. Now I'm into it. Now I want to listen to the Braves for an extra well, 10 minutes. Well,
1: let's go. I'm into it. As soon as we're done here, we're going to have Padres-Dodgers for you on the radio this very evening starting at 6.45. So give me, before
0: we get out, give me the divisional series right now. So we got the, the Dodgers and the Padres. The Dodgers-Padres.
1: It's the Oakland A's and the Houston Astros are yeah, playing yeah, yeah, right. each other. I, I,
0: can, I, always, I still cannot get it down that the Astros are in the AL West. I still, to this day, <laughs> think of the Astros as a National League Central team with the killer B's. That's all I think of.
1: Well, that's that's where they are. Uh, it is the Braves and the Marlins who are uh, are playing, and I think the Braves are up. Uh, is it one? No, they're up two zero in this series. They won earlier today, uh, two to nothing, and then the Rays and the Yankees. The Yankees and Rays have split their first two, so uh, a game apiece in that series. So uh, that is where we're at as we sit right now. By the way, the Oakland Athletics have tacked on another run in the top of the eighth inning, so they are up nine to seven as we play in the bottom of the eighth, one on on first base, no outs for Houston as they are uh, batting in the bottom of the inning. Quick break on the other side. Speaking of storylines, LeBron James is one win away. What will it mean for this season, this season, to win it all?
0: To be safe for you and your family, the Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home, even when you're not.
1: Hard, hard oh, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Yeah. Welcome back to Tell Nuances, one hundred 102.9 ESPN Radio, ten minutes away from being joined by Bryn Malloy. University of Montana. She's an Associate AD, Marketing and Community Relations. She's also the Spirit Squad Director. She's also the head of Missoula Figure Skating Club, the Youth Figure Skating Club, our Pepsi Youth segment coming up here at the top of the hour and our roundtable as well. So we'll get to all of that in just a moment. But first, Coulter, last night the Los Angeles Lakers, one by six, did not cover, does not matter. They are up 3-1 in the series. Game five is Friday night. Okay, two nights off in between on this uh, little turn right here, going from game four to game five. But they are up three games to one, and they are, uh, you know, they're going to win, right? I mean, you, you got to think that they're going to win, whether it happens Friday, whether it happens Sunday, whatever. That that day is coming. Uh, I I wouldn't sit here and go absolutely no chance. I'm not saying the book is closed on the Houston or excuse me on the Miami Heat, but I I am, uh, you know. Anybody, obviously, is sitting there, anybody with a 3 1 lead, and you got LeBron James, uh, pretty good. When you look at this season, though, Coulter, and on one hand, you know, when I I told you before when I was watching the Stanley Cup final and the Tampa Bay Lightning won, and it was tremendous emotion, tremendous excitement, tremendous, uh, you know, all the things that you'd kind of normally get, and yet there was still a real element missing Mm -hmm. um, with the fans not being there. I think it will be. It will feel less that way because the NBA has done such a great job of filling up the, the the arena with you know the video board and the sound and 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 you know all that kind of stuff. And it's smaller. I mean, in hockey, you're still playing in a hockey arena at Rogers Place in Edmonton, whereas here they're playing in a you know a nice big high school gym is basically what it amounts to right. there in Orlando. Uh, so I think it'll feel a little bit more intimate, but then thus have a little more energy. It'll feel a little fuller in the room. That is really, though, an aside to what has been obviously a very challenging six months, what the NBA was really the first big league to call it all off, then work their way back into it. You have the social justice work that is being done by the NBA and obviously spearheaded by by men like LeBron James, who've been at this for a long, long time in various ways. You have the passing of Kobe Bryant earlier on, you know, this season, and you're talking about the Lakers. Where do you think this ranks or registers or what do you think, you know, this, this, what do you think this would do in terms of impacting
0: uh, uh, whether it's the legacy or just it personally, what do you think this means to LeBron? Well, I started thinking about this last night in the post-game interview because LeBron James, <laughs> I mean, he's no, no question done the most post-game interviews of any athlete on planet Earth at this point. Now, he's been the pivotal leader of whatever team he's been on for at least 15 of the 17 years he's been in the NBA mm-hmm. and absolutely every single second of the last decade, no question. And he still is so engaging and he he never he it's not just robotic. He's so much better at making it unique and original than almost any other guy that is at that level of fame and stardom. He was different last night though. He was very stern. He was very short he was very to the point, and you could tell there was no celebration going on. We talked about this at the end of the show yesterday. I thought the little walk-off after their Game 3 loss was not LeBron being a poor sport. It was LeBron that was pissed at his teammates. Some of the teammates that are expected to be role players on this Lakers team played significantly better last night. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis played better. Kentavious caldwell Pope played his best game of the series by a lot. Alex Caruso played well. That's the Lakers got to have. But I think LeBron can taste it. LeBron's career has had so many evolutions from the phenom playing for his hometown to the villain who, even though he led Miami to two championships, he went to another guy's team. And I think that a lot of LeBron haters are never going to get over that. But then he reconciled his image by going back to Cleveland, leaving him to another championship, and then swiftly crushed that reconciliation by leaving again. Yeah, although although I don't think he did
1: crush the that that reconciliation. Honestly, I think that going back and winning it did everything it needed to do, and then people understand
0: why he goes to L. A. But now he's on a team that's his own team. He's enough old enough, or enough more old than Anthony Davis, that it's not the same narrative. Anthony Davis is a great player, but it's not the same. Dwayne Wade and LeBron James, Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. It's LeBron James, and then Anthony Davis. Yeah. Uh, So I think that LeBron knows that his time is now. Because the clock is ticking. He, he seems immortal, but they have to get this done. And I think it would bring him a great deal of satisfaction to beat his former team in the finals, no matter if it's in a bubble or not.
1: I, I totally agree, and I think this would be a hugely impactful personally championship to LeBron James, doing it in a third franchise, but also with what it represents for this entire year and what it has been. Uh, I also think, though, that LeBron James... Uh, LeBron James has lost in this moment more than he's won Uh, and I don't I don't hold that against him but the experience of having it had been have been more sour than sweet when it comes to just the NBA finals and just completely remarkable that he's in his 10th finals you know at all but you know, you don't take the moment for granted when you have lost and lost a number of times and I think that he is not taking that moment for granted and one other thing that occurs to me you know when you talk about LeBron and, and his legacy and the losses in the finals compared to the wins and all that he also he's lost a He's 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 lost in the finals, but he's also been on the worst team in the finals a number of times. Like that's exactly. Michael Jordan it. is the best player, yes. So was LeBron James, but Michael Jordan's on the better team every time he's playing in an NBA finals that they're going against LeBron James. A couple of those Heat teams probably should have won it. Yes, but. He's but been that, on teams the, that won that were the worst team, and he's been on teams that
0: were worse and lost. It's, it's the number one argument I get when you're talking about the Michael Jordan, <laughs> LeBron James argument. I don't want to have that argument right now.
1: But well, you've lost. It but, already,
0: the, but the but the the narrative that somehow uh, uh, blossomed that Michael Jordan was dragging terrible teams to NBA championships. just like get out of here, man. He had multiple Hall of Fame players. Yeah, he was the one that made them into that raised their level of play. There's no question, but. You're talking about LeBron should have won probably one more title in Miami. But he lost to Dirk Dirk Nowitzki's Mavs when Dirk had perhaps the greatest run by a single player that stands as an an anomaly in NBA history, maybe ever. And then when they lost the other one, they lost to the Spurs, man. I mean, Tim Duncan is one of the greatest players of all time. So regardless, what you're saying is exactly right, though. When you are the team that's supposed to win, you got to get it done. LeBron hasn't actually been in that. Even though he's been in the finals ten times, he hasn't been in that situation very often. He is now. I think he can taste it. I think that's why he was different after the game last night. It's
1: 2TL Nuonis, 129 ESPN Radio, hour one in the books, hour two straight ahead. We're very happy to uh, welcome in Bryn Malloy first for our Pepsi Youth segment. She is the head of the Missoula Figure Skating Club. We're going to tell you what your kids can do on the ice this coming up fall and winter not hockey, people. As you go out there, learn to skate, get uh, get the kids out there in, uh, in both an athletic and sort of acrobatic and artistic form on the ice. So we'll ask her about that, and then she will stay with us for the ESPN roundtable as well. So she will come up right after this. Hey, sports, they are back. We know that. And there's no better place to watch than the Silver Slipper. Why? How does 55 television strike you? Yeah, that's right. Every game, all the time, whatever you need to watch, multiple games, you get them at the Silver Slipper. You also have drink specials every single day. 20 Kino machines to pick from, a liquor store, and pizza. There is nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team than the Silver Slipper. At the Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty drinks, and their urge to have a good time. And by the way, the card room, it is open once again. Games every night, 7 o'clock. Call or text 333-1500 or visit Poker.com for more info. Stop by today, see why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. Across the street, from Super Walmart on Brooks, Check them out on Facebook for daily drink specials and up-to-the-date information. It's the Silver Slipper.